You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We are a church that strives to have open hearts, open minds, and open doors as we make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And one of the ways that we do that is offering up our sermons for you to listen to. And so we hope you connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org or on our social media at TahlequahUMC. So enjoy today's message. So here we are. We're here to set the stage for Advent. And so let's pretend that we're getting ready for, for a ballet. And, and I, I kind of was lucky and was fortunate enough to, grew, to grow up around um, the Tulsa Ballet and watching my grandmother, um, who was a seamstress for the ballet company, um, take us behind the scenes a couple of times to get to see how they get ready for, for a ballet and, and what all goes into that. And, and it was amazing to see how all that happened in, in setting the stage for that. It, it prepares you to get ready to anticipate the show to come and, and you get excited and, and ready to go. And, and, and then all of a sudden you have to realize that if you have a part to play in it, your preparation matters. And see, we, have an all, we all have a part to play in Christmas. We all have a part to play to be ready to, to wait and, and, and to hold on to that hope of the coming of our Lord Jesus to come and be in a way that we weren't expecting. Because if you notice, and if, as you read the, the prophecies of the Hebrew Scriptures, there, there was this way that they thought Jesus was going to come. And He came, and He showed us how to live. And so today we wait. And so as we open our ballet, what, what do we have to do? Well, if we were a dancer, we'd have to stretch and, and go over the routines in our head over and over again to be ready, to be prepared, to make sure that we hit the right mark. Because I don't know about you, if you've ever seen a dancer miss their mark, it's noticeable. Now, if the musician misses a note, it's not as noticeable, unless it's really out of tune. And then that's a whole other story. But those dancers, they get ready, they prepare themselves ready for the show, and, and so they stretch and they go over and over in their heads what moves they'll make. And if we were instrumentalists, if we were in the orchestra, we'd have to make sure that we were in tune with everybody. And the oboe would play the audible sound and everybody, you would hear it. And, and I don't know about you, but if you've ever gone to uh, the, uh, the ballet before and they get ready, it's, it's really cool to watch the orchestra. I only really go for the orchestra. I can care less about the dancers. I like watching the orchestra because I've been in the pit. I, I served when I was at OCU. I played in, in a couple of musicals, and, and I loved watching the instrumentalists because a lot of them play two or three different instruments, and, the, and they pick and move, and, the, and it's just fun to watch them move in the pit. So they would get ready. And so here we are in Advent. It's a season of preparation of the birth of Jesus. And so during Advent, we get ready for the coming of Christ. And so today we begin our series on the gift of the Nutcracker, a great book written by a United Methodist pastor from Louisiana by the name of Matt Rawl. Um, it's, it's a great read for this season. I want to encourage you to pick it up. I think we have a couple copies still left. I think we do. And if not, if you're like me, I'm trying to buy digital books, and you can find it on Amazon to put on your Kindles. It is a great read, and I want to encourage you to pick it up as we make this journey together. And so now that we've kind of set the stage and I've gotten you ready, let's dive into this, re- this week's Scripture reading. And it comes from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 22. 
we know that the whole creation is groaning together and suffering labor pains up until now. I'm going to read that again. We know that the whole creation is groaning together and suffering labor pains up until to now. May you receive what the Spirit is saying in the reading and hearing of the Scriptures. Thanks be to God. Amen. So Advent is a season of preparation, and so we spend this whole season getting ready for Advent. How are you doing so far? Is your tree up? Is your candles ready to go? Or, I mean, do you have it all lined out? Do you have your calendar already booked and knowing that tonight you're going to be here for the Advent Festival, uh, coming to do uh, crafts and having chili and watching the kids and their show together? And so we've already got your tonight planned. Um, I mean, Advent is a season of preparation, but it's a season of when we fill ourselves with all these things that center us and ground us, that even... So, like, you'll come next Sunday for worship, and then later on that evening, you'll come back for the lessons and carols, and then you'll have all these other things that will go on during the week, and then we give you a week off, sort of. Unless you're on administrative council, then you've got to come back for administrative council meeting that evening on the 15th. But even then, that, that following week, on the 22nd, we're going to have worship again, and we'd love to have a packed house, and then that evening, we're going to have a special worship to remember the longest night, and also known as a blue Christmas service. Advent is a, and let's not mention all the Christmas parties and all the other things that you've got on your calendar. Advent is a season of preparation, but it can also be a season of being overwhelmed and being lost. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that. That during Advent, we are called to slow down and wait. Now, as a kid, maybe some of you were like this. December 24th, actually December 25th. 4 a.m. in the morning, get up, run into there, look and see what presents were left to you. And that excitement and joy uh, that's there, and you go through all the kids' stockings, and, and oh, wait, that was me. I remember growing up as a child, I, I would get ready. Now, here's how I would prepare for Christmas Day. I would go to bed in army fatigues, a black shirt, ready to hide from anybody to catch me as I'm going to be the first to see the presence that early morning. And depending on whose account you listen to, which sister or brother you listen to, there were a couple Christmases that even candy disappeared. I don't remember those Christmases, but I always prepared to be ready for the first one to see the presence under the tree. The whole idea of curiosity and anticipation, they go hand in hand. Anticipation needs a bit of mystery. It's like looking at a rat present under the tree. We can kind of think what we know what we're getting. We can anticipate what we're getting. Now, it's one of those things that if it's like wrapped exactly how the gift is, then yeah, you pretty much know what you're getting. So the anticipation is lessened. But if it's a box, if it's a perfectly squared box, don't you spend that whole Christmas anticipating what you're getting? You probably did as a child. As adults, a little bit different story. Unless someone puts a gift underneath there, you don't know how it got there. And so you wonder and you wait in anticipation and curiosity. These are things that go hand in hand. And we won't know what we get until we get to Christmas. 
And we unwrap that paper and we see the gift that is given to us. In the Nutcracker, Claire wants, waits on the other side of the grand, of the door for the grand party. Last night, I, I watched the uh, Mikhail uh, Baryshnikov version of the Nutcracker. It's a beautiful version. I, I found it on Amazon, and it was really cool to watch as, as she was waiting and watching these dancers dance and like move in such ways. You could, you could get that sense of this grand party going on, and we just get a glimpse of what's going on on the other side. And it's kind of like that way, that anticipation is kind of like that way that the, that the Hebrew Bible scriptures were written with that hope of anticipation of the Messiah and the Savior. The people held on to it. They offer us a picture of what we expected, but until we welcome Christ into the world, we are unsure exactly how God was going to be fulfilled. And so we open ourselves up. In our prophecy that God reminds us that in the book of Jeremiah 33, chapter 33, verses 14 through 16, reads like this, that the time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill my gracious promise with the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will raise up a righteous branch from David's line who will do what is just and what is right in the land. In these days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live safely and this is what it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. They held on to hope. They were waiting for this Lord to come. This Lord of righteousness and justice. Maybe that's where we are today. We're waiting for this Lord to come and save us from this broken land. And some of the things going on in this world that we feel are just aren't right that need to be changed. Maybe we are anticipating hope of a Savior. And Advent does that for us. It gets us excited. It builds us up. It, it helps us with that anticipation that when we come together on Christmas Eve and sing Silent Night, that we become centered and focused and we realize that we are in need of a Savior because we have lost our way. And Jesus brings us back. And sometimes there's those things that get into our way. Maybe it's not the right Christmas music is being sung. Maybe you don't like the new songs. Maybe you don't like the new versions. Maybe you want back on the old versions. Or maybe you didn't like the old versions at all, but you like the hymns. Maybe you love the Advent music. Come thou long expected Jesus. I could sing that song all Advent long. Or, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Those sights and sounds that set us up for music, it's kind of like sitting in the audience of the ballet. And it gets us ready. It focuses us. This overture grounds us. When, when they begin the ballet, they start with an overture. And the overture gives you a, a brief overview of what's going on. And, and this first Sunday of Advent, we're giving you a brief uh, kind of overview of what's going to happen. Is that we're going to look at hope, love, joy, peace. And talk about that birth. Because those things we need to be reminded of. Those things we need to hold on to. Those things... We need to be centered and focused upon our lives that if we really want to follow Jesus, this season of preparation and waiting is vital to us.
because it opens our eyes to what could be if we truly just submit ourselves to Jesus and live the way that he called us to. I was excited today to see some of you brought up some of the stuff from your Advent wreath things, uh, ad, reverse Advent candles, and you can find those on our website in the Connect, Serve, and Grow for last week. And those reverse Advent calendars are there to center you and focus you, and, and, and that's what this season does. It centers and focuses us on the why. Why is it important to have Christmas Day? Because if we don't center and focus ourselves, it comes and goes like another holiday. But if we truly live into it, if we truly get ready, if we truly prepare ourselves and tune ourselves right, Christmas Eve service hits you. It gives you all the feels and centers you. But here's the thing. With Christmas, it's not over. We become the continuation of the story. We are called to live that out. And, and, and Clara's dream becomes a nightmare real fast when I think she loses sight and focus. And she gets so in, ready for the anticipation of the gift and how it's going to be used that it becomes a part of her dream. And so the nutcracker comes and saves the day. And so now we wait. We wait for our Savior. We wait for Jesus. Take a deep breath. It will be okay. All those things that you have on your calendar the next 24 days, it will be okay. If we let go and allow God to be in control. If we surrender ourselves to God open ourselves up to the possibilities of how God works on us and works through us. These labor pains that we're feeling now, they'll come and go. Matt Rawl in his book, he, he had this really good line. He said, Advent is different. Our thankfulness is overshadowed by an anticipation born out of curiosity over how a, child how a child wrapped in a swaddling clothes will save our souls and continue to transform the world. We don't know what the future brings. We can anticipate, we can hope, we can long. But we can find rest in God's work on us and through us. And when we're brave enough to ask, Christ is always revealed. Claire felt hopeless. And then the nutcracker became real in her dream. And sometimes we feel hopeless. And Christ becomes real to us. Maybe it's simple as a card or a text saying, hey, I'm praying for you. Maybe it's as simple as, as someone saying, hey, let me help you through this time. Or maybe it's someone saying, hey, what can I do for you? We can be the hands, feet, and heart of God if we open ourselves up to those possibilities. And so today we wait. 
We get ourselves ready, we prepare ourselves, we center ourselves, we, we get ourselves ready like the instrumentalist or, or the, the, ba- the, the ballerinas do. They, they get ready to perform. And so we wait. And we long. And we say the words, Come, thou long-expected Jesus. Not because we have to, but because we need it. And so this month, when you're stressed about your calendar and stressed about those things that may be overwhelming you, maybe those words, come thou long-expected Jesus, can give you some peace. So don't be afraid. Embrace the waiting. Because it's in the waiting that we find the Savior. So we wait, and we hope, and we love, and we bring joy, and we bring peace to the world by following Jesus. Come. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, and we hope you connect with us at TahlequahUMC.org.